My Michelle Live podcast. My, 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 my Michelle Live. Sports time out. The fans, the field, the faith, the fun. Here's Michelle. The fans, the field, the faith, the fun, and the fellas on the team taking on the sports news, controversies, issues of the week, and infusing into it all the God story. So you'll come out on the other side a little bit more encouraged. Here is the team today. We have with us the author of this book, Breaking Yesterday, People, pick it up. It is an astoundingly fun sci-fi faith book. You will love it. He is the author. He's also a sports reporter, photographer, and all-around cool guy, Brent R. Author, Baker. Author, photographer, Brent R. Baker. We have with us pastor, coach, chaplain, and one of our contributors, of course. Get ready to get... Garrick Payne, thank you for joining in on the fun. And we have with us the man we refer to as our own Wookiee of the Year. He doesn't have a photo if you're watching. We're going to fix that. Uh, but just imagine uh, something between a, a human being and a Sasquatch. And that's what you get when you get Josh McMillan. Wookiee of the Year, Josh McMillan. Guys, welcome to another week of sports, and it's been an interesting one. For me, it's not my favorite time of the year, although I will say that hockey has been extremely entertaining. This is where it gets really great, but is there anyone else that feels that hockey is best watched live than on television? Oh, definitely. Right? I, I think it's gotten better in the last 15 years with high definition television and stuff, because I think even before that, you, you could not see the puck most of the time on a television broadcast. But yeah, when I lived in Michigan, I was able to cover some high school hockey there. And boy, what a difference in the arena, even at that level versus watching even pros on television. This is so much more fun to see. I think seeing things like line changes, and if you're not familiar with hockey, substitutions without stopping play. Yeah, so there's so the much going on. Being passed up the ice, you got guys jumping over the wall onto the ice, and guys jumping the wall over the wall off the ice, and maybe a fight break breaking up over in the corner, and there's just a lot going on that it, it's really hard to capture in a television broadcast. So I'm totally with you on that. Yeah, it's a, a fun time of the year, even if you are watching it on television. Defending Stanley Cup champions, the Lightning from Tampa Bay are back in the Eastern Finals. Could it be a three-peat? We'll see as Tampa Bay is going to be heading up or heading against either the Carolina Hurricanes or the New York Rangers. On the other side, we have the St. Louis Blues. And I love Blues. I don't know about the team, but I love the Blues. And uh, Colorado Avalanche. And for me, this is the big one that I've been really watching. Edmonton Oilers and the Calgary Flames. I want a Canadian team in the final. I want a Canadian team to go all the way. Canada loves their hockey, so I support Canada. Oh, Canada, come on. And at least some places I continue to say every week, Josh, that actually has ice, actually has natural ice. I'm just saying. Oh, yeah, like Tampa. <laughs> <laughs> and Vegas. <laughs> got ice yeah, in the bars. Okay, right thank you very much in Vegas. Whatever. So. 
There you go. And that kind of leads me to our trivia question of the day. I wanted to ask you guys, speaking of sports, what is the top four, the big four of sports in the United States in order? Top four. So what are we using as our criteria? TV ratings. Come on, just the top four sports. What are the top four I mean, sports watched, played, interacted with, thought about, loved? What's the top four sports in the United States of America? I think football's pretty obviously the number one right now. American football or real football? Oh! <laughs> real American football. The one where if you get hit. <laughs> Ooh! Oh, this is gonna get. Ugly real when people quick. are complaining about getting their ear brushed. That only two players on the team actually use their feet. Um. <laughs> hey now, hey now. There's a lot of footwork involved in this. You, you watch a no lineman play and see how much he uses his feet. <laughs> All right. Uh, so I you think, say football's football is first. Pretty, what would be second? Pretty big. The Super Bowl and, and their year-long dominance of the news cycle with the draft and the events they made out of everything football is definitely the first if i was to guess Maybe second baseball okay. yeah i i, I kind of agree i think baseball was number one and it's fallen down i think it's in danger of falling further the problem is basketball could arguably be the number two but it's fallen just as much in my opinion i've enjoyed a little bit this year watching like the celtics play they're a little bit more of that like 90s 2000 hard-nosed defense but everything they flop as much as they do in soccer like the game is not what it used to be i i grew up watching players like shaquille o'neal go out there and just dominate guys in the paint this day and age everyone just wants to shoot threes so it's all finesse and i don't know there's lots of what flopping today's nba and, like, do with bill lambeer Oh, man. <laughs> they wouldn't know what to do with Bill Lambie. Or Bill, or Bill Walton. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to say, Josh, you have nailed the top three. Ding, ding. You have football. <laughs> you're right. Baseball is number two. Basketball is third. Right now, hockey sits at number four. But according to uh, studies, they say that quite possibly we're looking at an upset with hockey going to soccer. So Major League Soccer, they say, threatens to replace the NHL as one of the big four sports in the U.S. And a, a lot of that is that every kid play. there's soccer fields everywhere. Every everywhere. kid plays soccer. But to play hockey, if you're in, I don't know, maybe Minnesota or places in Canada, yeah, you can go play hockey on the ice in the backyard or just down the street at the uh, lake. But for the most part, no, you can play soccer yeah. just about it's, anywhere. Hockey, it, not so much. That's a big problem is that hockey is an investment to play. If you want to play hockey, you have to go out, you have to get the skates. You got to get the, the armor. You got to get the, the hockey stick. You got to find a rink. And it's, it is hard. It's a big barrier to entry. But I, what I will say about hockey, though, is hockey is very aware of that. And you look at what the Kraken have done in really doing community outreach and trying to keep their like practice areas open and have more access for people to come in and, and see the game, see practices, play hockey. So I think hockey is very aware of that. So I think hockey has a chance to stay in that number four. Here's my hot take, though. I think 
hockey, I think that uh, soccer might take number four eventually. Hockey might move up to number three because as much as I love baseball seems to be incredibly unaware of the problems that they have, that they don't want to make events out of their draft. They don't want to keep themselves in the news cycle in a good way. Anyway, they were in the news cycle all off season about how no one could play and no trades could happen. Baseball has been just a mess for so long now. And it's been a slow fall from grace that I'm worried about them falling even further because you're going to see more and more athletes go to other sports because they don't, baseball's not the big name. Ladies and gentlemen, speaking of big names in sports. A new challenger has arrived. (laughs) We have with us the one and the only Coach E who has popped in. Way to go, Coach. Get coached. Good coach can change the game. A great coach can change a life. Coach me. Yep, coaching is joining in the fun. Good to have you, my friend. We were just talking about the trivia question of the week, what the top four sports are. And Josh actually nailed it in order, football, baseball, basketball, then hockey. But uh, sources are saying that uh, because of access in particular, soccer may be overtaking hockey as the number four in most beloved, most played, most accessed sports. Your thoughts? Um, I don't see how baseball's number two on that list, but <laughs> because over here, I'll use some logic for that. Okay. If you're growing up in New York city, where do you play baseball? If you are growing up in downtown Los Angeles, where do you play baseball? I just, it just seems like baseball is like one of those things that in the next 20 years, I could see viewership is down for baseball attendance is down for baseball across the league and they keep on changing the rules to try to get people to watch it so if less people are watching it eventually less kids are going to watch it so more people are going to start playing soccer and things like that <clears throat> whereas hockey i know lots of people that still play hockey and it's actually a sport that's growing a lot of in a lot of places soccer is growing because you can play soccer anywhere you can play soccer there's a there's a reason that soccer is the world's right the most popular sport in the world because what do you need i've literally played in haiti with kids who have a bunch of rags rolled up together and rocks as goals literally that's all you need and and, i'm I'm arguing against myself a little bit here because you you missed the part else where i said that i think baseball is going through a slow fall from grace i don't think it's because of those reasons though i think that baseball is very accessible because most high schools still have baseball teams they still have baseball fields but i think that the reason that they're falling from grace is that they're unaware of the problems they have that are causing their viewership to decline that they don't make an effort to be in the news cycle in a good way over the off season. They don't make an effort to make their draft an event. They hide everything away. They're like Hall of Fame or putting people awards are all hidden away instead of an event like the NFL does. I, I would say that baseball is very similarly accessible. Like I, I, I know kids, like as a kid, we would play with just some sticks and a ball and all right, that's the base, that's the base, that's the base. I think it's similarly accessible, unlike hockey, which you have to do that big investment in. Like at bare minimum, you need to get good skates and you could theoretically play with a rock oh, yeah, but on there's... ice. But there, it's pretty similarly accessible, but baseball is unaware. And I do think that hockey, or not hockey, sorry, soccer has a chance of overtaking it 
because of how unaware they are of the problems they have at the major league level and, and minor because, league level. And the other soccer is just awesome. <laughs> the other thing I was going to say is I've noticed from working with kids that after about fifth grade, when it comes to baseball, there's so there's this thing over the last 15 years about the pressure of all these new select leagues and things like that, that a lot of kids quit. Like I've worked with tons of like high school kids and middle school kids. And I've just noticed after over the last 15 years that the amount of kids that just stopped playing baseball around like sixth and seventh grade is huge because they go, oh, I'm not on the select team. Might as well just quit. Where mm -hmm. like in football, everyone's so they're playing football until if they're playing football, they're playing football until they're in high school and there's JV and they, they love football. They're watching it with their parents. But well, you need bodies like, of football. Exactly. But it seems like in baseball, it just seems like there's a quicker drop off at a younger age. And then as an, they're losing a lot of viewership. So I just, I, mm -hmm. from the way you guys have it set up right now, I can see where it's going to be. But like in 10 or 15 years, I really see baseball just well, then, this going down. Let me give it a country. commercial for, for baseball. Yeah. You, don't go, you go to a soccer the, match. To watch soccer because it's 45 minutes and 45 minutes of nonstop action. Uh, a hockey game, for the most part, there's a lot of action. But a baseball game, there is nothing. I just went to a day game on Wednesday. And, man, that's where you hang out with. You, you get to connect with your friend. There's a lot of downtime. There's a lot of inner inning play. It's just there's something special about it and did you know this was interesting i found this out didn't know this if you have kids and you go to a baseball game their stadium the one here in seattle they will give your kids little video games to play so that they have something to do <laughs> Theory, i i just find That's that really sad. interesting so well there you go. I, I would i will say i was having this conversation with my 13 year old who has zero interest in baseball doesn't know any of the rules hasn't watched any of it but i said i want to take you to a game for the experience, exactly what you're talking about, Michelle, because I remember as a kid, and even though it was in the kingdom, I, I used to go in an indoor concrete walled stadium, felt more like a prison maybe, but I remember what it was like going and just some of the memories with my older boys, because ne neither of the older boys liked baseball at all, but it's the experience <laughs> of going and getting a hot dog and sitting there in the sunshine and it, there's something about that. Yeah, and I will say that, like, locally, the Mariners have been doing a much better job. They've focused on having value games where you can go and take the whole family out for a lot not cheaper. Oh, not just bucks. that, Josh. Yeah, you yeah they, have the, they have cheaper hot dogs and, and refillable sodas and stuff. Thank now. So they've you. done a lot to increase the access because that's what, like you said, I remember going out to the game, the experience of being there. And the thing about a baseball game is it's not let me sit here glued to the game. Like, you want to watch the game, but there is that downtime where you can just hang out and talk, you know, go get your hot dog or whatever. And it's an experience that I love personally. And I do love the game of baseball. It's America, but I do agree people. that it's falling for a lot of these reasons. Elston, like you said, like a lot of the, the athletes are going out. And part of it is because of the overfocus. And I think it happens in other sports too. I think baseball, it's a little more pronounced. But because we put so much pressure on kids to specialize at a young age, you know, at a very young age, choose your sport and get really good at that one sport. You're not seeing kids as often playing 
all the sports <laughs> coming up and you play i'm gonna go play football i'm gonna go play baseball i'm gonna play soccer like i'm yeah, on all these teams that they, they want to focus them in on one thing or one position and get really good at that so that they have a chance it's less about fun almost in some Dude, of these when instances. did that change because that's how i grew up i played hockey and baseball softball and even t-ball when i was little soccer basketball you had to play a little bit of everything and it, i thought it made me a more well-rounded if i wanted to be an athlete athlete but certainly a more well-rounded person i had a better understanding of skill sets but i i don't know i think it goes goes back to a bigger issue beyond sports, Kochi. You work with a lot of kids. It, it's we're putting a lot of pressure in a lot of ways, whether it's sexually, whether it's uh, socially, whether it's sports-wise, a lot more pressure on kids that, that we don't really need to. Yeah, the pressure on kids for specializing in sports causes the majority of really good athletic kids to just drop the sport. And even like Pete Carroll is one of the coaches and a couple of other coaches have talked about, and I've talked about this for years, is sports specializing actually ruins kids' ability to get better all around. For example, if I'm working with a basketball player and they are like, hey, what should I do in the offseason? Should I lift weights? I go, yeah. Also, pick up ultimate frisbee. And they're like, why? And I go, you're in the same defensive stance when you're playing ultimate except you're running around and you're still doing different things and you're moving your feet. And same thing with ultimate Frisbee players. I'm like, go pick up basketball. They're like, I'm not used to using a ball. And I'm like, that's the point. It, you're training your brain in different wow. ways. When I was a kid, when back when I was playing sports, I used to play football in the fall. I wrestled in the, in the winter time. And then in the spring, I would pick soccer or I would do track or I'd go play rugby. It's, I wanted to do all the sports and I was active all the time. Now people will say, I'm only playing baseball, so I won't do anything all year long until December, and then I'll start training with the baseball guys, and then I'll try to make the select team, and then they think, oh, it's February, I didn't make the select team, so I guess I got to quit baseball and wait until next year to try to make it again, and I'm mm -hmm. like... There's you're there's just so go much back stuff and play video games and right. go play and, racquetball. Go play right. Something. You don't you Love don't need that. to put that. And the other thing I stress with all athletes, especially young athletes, and you guys know the numbers. We're talking less than two percent of high school athletes are actually turned pro. That's not a big number, and mm -hmm. less than fifteen to twenty percent of them are actually going to go to college. It's like for the sport that they want to play. So they really should just go out there and enjoy it, have fun, play the sports they want to play because those skills will translate. Look at how many players, even in the NFL, that didn't play high school football, played basketball, played rugby, played whatever. And then in college, they got discovered. Somebody threw them on in a football team. And two years later, that player for the Eagles was from New Zealand, never played NFL football, and he just signed a five-year contract after trying out for the team for two years. It's, yep. This happens because he's a good athlete. Okay, and so, so let's he, just take it into well, the game it, of life. You can look at real examents of that, though. Who are some of the, like Russell Wilson, football and baseball. Yeah. And look at some of the most sought-after prospects are football players, like tight ends, that were also basketball players. Because Deion Sanders. 
Exactly. There's a lot of these guys out there because that you bring multiple complexity. sports, and that brings different skill sets to. It. If you're a tight end that just yeah. plays a tight end, but you if you play basketball, you know that you're running up and you have a different kind of speed if you play basketball because you're running up and down the court the whole time. There's the and I think the most important you touched on this a little bit, Kochi is the way that your brain can just be trained in different ways. You open up those different pathways in your brain to it helps you think outside the box rather than just being in this box of I'm just going to be a shortstop and that's just what I'm going to be. I'm just going to be a shortstop in baseball. That's all it is. That's my position. Okay, you know, and, and let's you. translate that to the game of life. Most of us are not going to be professionals in any major league game but you know what we are going to live our lives we're going to have maybe have kids we're going to need to stay healthy uh, sports and being active it, it's a lifestyle so that's where you get kids loving it and then they're like Garrick who is still playing in a league and in over 50 league and he's still competitive and out there injuring himself every week and it's really fun to watch <laughs> That's just awesome right there. Guys, let's transition to the NFL. There's a couple of news stories in American football. The guy who just won't go away, NFL sources revealed that Colin Kaepernick was working out with the Raiders, said, yeah, it went well, but they're not saying much past that. We keep talking about it. Is it because... because he's a crazy awesome player, crazy awesome athlete. He's not the only guy who's been left to the wayside and hopes to get picked up again. Is it just because of politics that we keep caring? I mean, I cares. <laughs> yeah, I feel like it is politics that is the reason he keeps coming back up because there's a whole bunch of people that aren't football fans that believe that politics are the only reason he's not in football. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I don't know how many people that anybody cares about that have not played any sport professionally for six years and then at mid-30s try to make a comeback. How many of those people do we actually expect to make it that have been off the radar, at least athletically, for all of that time? Well, and it's, um, it's, and it's, not, it's not like he was at the top of his game when he got cut. His game was fading significantly in 2016 so regardless of whatever other reasons there are now as i guess if they want to give him a, a tryout fine but i do think that um if he can't play he's not going to play if he can look at deshaun watson if there's a guy that i can say we should really question whether or not he should be getting signed to 200 and whatever million dollars of guaranteed money it's deshaun watson and yet there he is regardless of what happens to him this year he's going to get all that money now, okay. Kaepernick, as much as I have issues with his politics and as annoying as he can be, he's not done anything like what Deshaun Watson is accused of. So what I'm saying is talent is going to win out over absolutely anything. Deshaun Watson will play unless the NFL suspends him. Okay. So if Kaepernick could play, he'd be on a team. All right. I want to yeah, I I, get... Well, and same thing with like Tim Tebow is another example of someone who's been kind of hanging around the periphery looking for a spot and, and well, he hasn't yes been and able no. to crack it because yes he, he has he's been in the news because he's such a public figure because he uh, of his extreme state stances on faith issues and that's why like Colin Kaepernick he keeps coming up in the public headlines but when he didn't make it he moved on he didn't blame anyone right, uh, right. that might be an issue coachy weigh in 
So the way I look at Colin Kaepernick from a pure football standpoint, statistically, he was one of the top quarterbacks in the NFL when he played. He was great. Then his coach left with the, they had the, the Harbaugh left because of his issue with bulky. And then the new coach came in and Kaepernick struggled. I think we've all seen new coaches come in quarterback that was doing really good. He's still the, like people can say Kaepernick was a bad quarterback, but the dude had, he's done something that like Russell Wilson's never done. He's destroyed Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay, where he put up like 300 yards passing and 200 yards rushing. And I watched that game. It was in the snow. The guy has talent. And when he I think of somebody athletic. that's yeah. sat and not played like Brent had mentioned, I think of Michael Vick. He sat in jail for three years, did absolutely nothing, and then went to a team with a coach named Andy Reid, who's an offensive guy, knew how to get more out of Michael Vick as he was coming back. So do I think Colin Kaepernick could come back to a team that knows how to use his skill set and he could succeed? Yes. Now the question is, as we've always talked about on this show, is there going to be a circus around him being there? Is that going to cause problems? And if that's the issue, that's going to cause problems with him latching onto a team. But do I think that somebody that had those skill sets would lose those skills? I don't think he would lose those skills. He would get older and he might slow down. So he would need to go to the right fit, a good system where he wouldn't have that kind of pressure. Now, if he got signed, and this is because of NFL rules, I do think that it would be one of those things where he might get a training camp invite, then he would get cut, and then he would get re-signed because they don't want to guarantee his contract and things like that. But I personally am exhausted from the the other media guys just constantly bringing him up. It's like right now I'm like, if he makes a team, he makes a team. If he doesn't, I mean, it's it's not it's, a social justice issue anymore. It's literally like Brett is saying, can he help the team win or can he not? And, and you know, well, and guys, I'd, I'd argue he literally, like his best years were 2013 and 2014. In those years, he was ranked about the 20th best quarterback in the league. That was around the same. He was one above Geno Smith in what is this 2013, one of his best years. He's a career 59% passer. So I think he did really well in a scheme with Jim Harbaugh because Jim Harbaugh had a great scheme for him and he was able to utilize his running ability and, to, you know, you build that team around him to do well. And like you said, as soon as Jim Harbaugh was gone, he was exposed because really he wasn't a great quarterback. When you watch his games, he just was unaware. There was games. Oh, I think we lost him. Oops. He was offended. You offended him. And... <laughs> I, I, I think the social justice stuff aside, I think um, a guy you can compare it to is Jared Goff. Because we've seen him be terrible. And we've seen him get to a Super Bowl. And it's depended on what his fit has been with coaching staffs and stuff. So I think. And it's the same. It's, it's fair. It's fair yeah. to say that. But, That's a really good comparison. But if you, if, if, if you let Jared, Jared Goff sit for six years, then what the heck? Goff didn't know is where it, the sun rose or set. So I know. <laughs> the like, other issue, yet, fellas, with this is yeah. that it, like everything else in the news, it comes down to what titillates 
and what uh, the, the media wants to latch onto. There are other interesting stories, but because this was a controversial story, it just keeps coming up like a bad penny, and we'll see if anyone wants to spend him. Other football news, former NFL player was charged with assault after a viral brawl at the airport with a New Jer- in New Jersey. And I don't want to get into to that as much because we could get into the ins and outs, who's doing what and what who's who's getting violent. But it leads to some other stories coming from the other football, Garrick, your your favorite football. There's been violence. There's been an uptick in violence in sports just in this last week. Fi- fan violence at uh, Mars Greek Cup, it has been ridiculous. The UK uh, football pitch had invasions during a lot of the play, and some people are being held uh, accountable legally. They say it's post-pandemic, over-excitedness, the fact that people have forgotten how to behave anymore. For footballer Kurt Zuma it ha- is being charged with animal cruelty. There's literally a video, I didn't even want to show it, of him laughing with friends and kicking and abusing his cat. What the heck, guys? What is happening in our world? When I say sports is an analogy for life and you see a lot of things that play out on the field or pitch play out in an analogy in real life and vice versa, this is an is indicative of some of the violence and ridiculousness that's happening in our world around I think this is a, a perfect example of some of the, the peripheral or, un, I don't know how you how you say it but the cost of the pandemic and we don't talk about these because we look at deaths and hospitalizations and long-term covid and all that kind of stuff but these things are very real and they're mental health issues and if they're not addressed and i work i'm on the board for a nonprofit organization that deals with domestic violence and domestic violence is through the roof because of what's happened through COVID. And so I think this is just another example of one of the really awful side effects, if you will, that has happened due to the pandemic. It's got a perfect storm. Yeah, and I don't. I think it's going to get worse before it gets better. But here's something interesting: uh, news story that comes right out of the Great Northwest and your own Seattle Sounders, who Garrick, you were a chaplain for the Major League Soccer team, Seattle Sounders. They have a chant that essentially says, "Put them up against a wall and shoot them," right? And they have decided that they're going to let that one go in in the wake of uh, school shooting violence and such because apparently their chants are are that powerful. What they are giving up though is the spirit of hate where when the opposing team walks in, they turn their back they put their hands up and their little middle fingers go up. They're not giving that up. They're not giving up the chant that uh, says we don't hear a blanking thing and they're not giving any of that lovely stuff up but they will give up the put... Line them up against the wall and shoot them. I don't even know what to say. Garrick, Josh, Brent, anyone want to weigh in on them? I'll just say it's a whole thing of just selective outrage. People choose, pick and choose their battles. And unfortunately, and th- this is from the very first time I was on the show that I've been talking about it because we were talking about NASCAR and flags and things like that. And I think if you're going to apply a standard, apply it across the board and make it equitable for everyone, okay? Not selective outrage. And and that's what annoys me more than anything. If 
when there's a lack of consistency, a lack of fairness, and a lack of, of applying standards across the board. Yeah, and we see that a lot in soccer. I'm sorry. Politics? Well, unless it's Antifa. It's just weird. <laughs> Josh Brent? I think a lot of the, I think we've seen, whether it's in sports or outside of sports, just a major our problem with violence in this country, but outside of this country in different ways is just, is just ballooning. And it was a lot of factors. I think, I think the lockdowns laid bare a lot of where our stresses are and they've just exploded and it's, it's really hard to put the genie back in the bottle. But I think you see it in, like Garrick said, in domestic violence issues. I think we see it in what's happening in schools. Even honestly, you look at the Russia Ukraine situation, you know, I'm not going to blame that on the pandemic. But you read some of the stuff that's going on about Vladimir Putin and whether or not he's sick. And there's people talking about whether or not he's lost it mentally. Whether or not he's sick physically, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's just, you just look around. I, I think what in sports, again, is a, a microcosm of what we're seeing in society at large. Yeah, and that one of the things that we continue to cover. A couple other news stories that I wanted to just get to. You mentioned NASCAR and racing. Well, Blaney won $1 million in the NASCAR All-Star Race. The IndyCar star, New Garden, is chasing the elusive Indianapolis 500 win. Exciting there. Tiger Woods withdrew from the PGA Championship after a nightmare round. And anyone in the market for spending a little money? Maybe if we all, I don't know, how much do you have in your pocket, guys? Reach in your pockets for a second. Anyone have some spare change? Because you know what? Jody Allen says uh, they say that she must sell the Trailblazers. And so uh, she's expected to sell within the next 18 months. So how much you got? <laughs> I, I can contribute a couple bucks. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> it's got... worth less than it was a year ago. I'll tell you that. There you go. Uh, I'm not as interested as a, a Seattle girl uh, in the Trailblazers as I am in re reestablishing the Seattle uh, Supersonics, but that's a story for another time. And because it is the most getting to be the most beautiful time of the year for going out and seeing a baseball game, Josh, do you want to give us a little update on America's number one complete and total underdog team? We want to know what's going on. My, oh my, Josh, fill us in on what's going on there with uh, hey Josh, Seattle and, start, and baseball. Josh, before you start, I want to ask, are you aware of like there being any major like offenses taken by Trevor Story when the Mariners were like pursuing free agents? This, <laughs> you know, man, that was like the ultimate in your face performance. I have, you have never to give a little seen backstory. Give a little backstory for those who, who aren't familiar with Seattle it, baseball. Yeah, so. The Mariners this offseason, Trevor Story is one of the pre people that they actually did confirm, put an offer out to before the lockout, actually. And they wanted to bring him in here. Uh, eventually, he ended up going to another team for more money, uh, more years. That Honestly, I thought that contract was borderline ridiculous, what he got. I'm kind of glad the Mariners didn't spend in that way. But it was, I I've never seen before a player that a team is going after act like he has a grudge against that team when he plays against them. A team that <laughs> offered him money and wanted him to come play. Acting like that was his, like, all right, now these guys are coming in. I've been awful all year. 
Time for a grand salami, getting a couple of home runs. Let's really give it to him. I, that was something else. I don't know what to make of that. Um, I think he had, I think Story had six home runs and, and 15 RBIs against the Mariners in a four-game series. Yeah, that was himself. the only was time crazy. he's been good all season. He's been yeah. awful all season. And then the Mariners come down. Maybe, that's, like, oh, what the, maybe that's what it took the time. to wake him up. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it's, athletes will do anything. A record Sherman, I'll, I'll always love him for being a member of that Super Bowl team. But he was kind of off. He would get mad at people for nothing, just to stir up something. Something to get him in. If you watch a lot of stuff about Jordan, he was the same way. He would just make up beefs so that he could be mad. Like sometimes they need a chip on their shoulder, and it's going to come from weird places. Well, but... and, and it can motivate you as a player. I, I actually, this team that I'm wearing this outfit for right now, I actually went to them to see if I could play with them, and they rejected me. What? Um, they said oh, we've got enough guys you. right now. This is when I was turning 50 on this over 50 league. And, uh, and so I played on another team and every time I played against them, <laughs> I wanted to score. I, one time I scored four goals against them and I, but I would just always have that little bit of an extra edge. But anyway, up in the over 55 league now, I, I've actually joined them. And um, so there's a little bit there, but I love that. But as a there player, you you right definitely, there. there are things like that just motivate you. And sometimes that's all it takes to, to get you get that edge back. I like it. I like it. Another issue in sports. Here we go. Oh, yeah, uh, we are looking at... You didn't get to give us size update. <laughs> oh, sorry, Josh. I'm sorry. I'm just like moving right along, ready for the weekend. I think I'll go right, get a well, cup of coffee. The Mariners are in an interesting spot right now. They're not doing too good. They've been losing and losing, and it's been a hard stretch. But the bizarre thing about this is, and maybe it's their fault, is the national media is very positive about the Mariners. And I am too. I think that they're dealing with injuries, but if you look at their team, they have good dudes at a lot of spots here. You go around the horn, Ty France is still good at first base. You have Adam Frazier, who's been really good at second base. J.P. Crawford, who's been really good. He's been a little bit struggling a little bit. He hasn't gone back to form since he had to go out for a couple of days with back spasms. So maybe there's something there. Maybe he can get Ouch. right after a couple of days off or something. But then even Eugenio Suarez, who looked to be the weakest member of that infield, he's still on track to have like a three, two, two to three and a half war, I think is what they're tracking him at right now. Your outfield, Julio Rodriguez, has been sensational. Oh my gosh, you talk about a guy living up to the hype. He has been awesome. And part of what has been awesome about him is I think he's been willing to adapt. In the minors, you saw him always swinging for power and just knocking things out of the park. But he's been willing to be patient. And I think that's in contrast to Kelnick, who was sent down to get right. And they said with Kelnick, we know you have the ability. This is not changing anything. We just want you to go down and have fun again. You know, learn to have fun and not press. And Julio's just been having fun. And he's just been trying to hit the ball, get the ball in play, use his speed, get on base. And I think that we're only seeing level one of Julio Rodriguez. Right and now. what I, I love about him, too, too, sorry, Josh, but he is, when you talk about having, he's there before the games, he's signing autographs after the games, at away games, he's doing that type of thing. It, it, it What we talked about earlier in terms of, the popularity of sports and and why as a player you continue to play it no matter how old you get it's because you love the game there you go and, and you can see that with him and you translate that love out i have loved actually seeing kailu back josh 
Yeah, I'm excited for him. He's probably going to be mostly DH for most of this season. I think Julio, anyway, has done, been sensational out there with his defense in center field. His plus speed has really done him well. And he's turns out has really good instincts for somebody who just started playing center field in the last year, which is good for Kylo because I think with the reconstructive knee surgery, we don't want him in the outfield very yeah. much. I think he'll probably get some reps, mostly in corner outfields. They might put him in center every once in a while. I, I, I expect Trammell, who's up right now, to probably take center field more when they want to give Julio an off. But yeah, it makes, he was former rookie of the year, right? He's a bat that as he gets warm could also really turn over this lineup. And I know that it's been hard. I know there's struggles and my goodness, Mariners fans, impatient and toxic <laughs> with, with all of this. The discussion, like everyone's like, fire Scott Service, fire Jerry DePoto. No one's remembering, I mean, oh wait, Scott Service is literally one of the best managers in baseball. He almost won manager of the year last year. Yeah, yeah, you know? but you Jerry DePoto in his tenure here has turned, he started with the team that Jack Z gave him, which was, you know, not a great setup. He tried it for a couple of years, and then in only a couple of years was able to turn this whole thing around to where we have the best farm system in the league. And they complain about him not spending enough. Well, he, I mean, he did spend – he brought in Jesse Winker, who has struggled. There's no reason that he's been struggling, but he was considered one of the best left fielders, if not the best left yeah. fielder in the yeah, game I just from an see, offensive perspective. I see Winker, a little wanker there. I'm sorry. He just doesn't have energy. In the last six games, it's like he, he sapped of energy. But yet, all of the players, there, there's great potential. And it, eventually, it's going to have to pay off. All right, guys, in the interest of, of time, NBA, Steph Curry and the Warriors are back in the NBA Finals for the sixth time in eight years. And that's going to lead me to leading off in our finals. This, to me, is beyond just the just football or baseball or in this case basketball and it is cool that Steph Curry and the Warriors may be back uh, 20 to 110 win over Dallas Mavericks in game five of the Western Conference Finals to win the series 4-1 and the Warriors of course are going to wait the winner of the Eastern Conference Finals between uh, the Celtics and the Heat but that's not what I want to give my final shot to I want to give my final shot to Steph Curry's mother now Steph Curry was nearly aborted no kidding his mom reveals in a new book god had a plan for that child and i think that is quite a story she she has two kids who are in the nba and life was tough and she almost aborted him but she really felt that god intervened and that's where the preciousness of life really does make a difference. So she gets my final shot. Uh, I'm going to give a second final shot out to Coach E, who <laughs> dropped out for a minute, but he's back. He is back with a vengeance. So we're going to get to Coach E in just a moment with a final shot, just in case he wasn't ready, uh, ready to go. But uh, let's go to Brent R. Baker, who I've heard on good authority has got his final shot ready to toss out for us to hit out of the park. So it has been three school years since at least the spring sport athletes in many states, including Washington, have been able to go to state finals competition. And because last year, things were still not out of the pandemic yet. And so we had these weird regional competitions the year before the whole spring sports season was canceled. So 2019 was the last time that a lot of high school athletes had a chance to make it to 
state and this year's seniors were only freshmen then so many of them wouldn't have had that chance Aww. so to our track in baseball and softball and boys soccer and tennis and golf athletes who are at state finals this week when I talk about appreciating they talk about going to state is for a lot of people being once in a lifetime for these guys it, it truly is, has been, is. so it truly is. congratulations all who are there and just take a moment to to take it in all right don't take it for granted josh final shot my final shot is to the uh, few seattle fans out there that haven't been incredibly negative about baseball and football this year it's been few and, and far between but there's a few hanging on out there to to some semblance of, of reasonable thought it's been tough out there and i know it's tough like i know like it's easy to be down on these mariners there's reasons to be hopeful look if the national media is hopeful for the seattle mariners there's reason to be hopeful because they've been okay. down on them forever hold on hope the seahawks i know we lost russell wilson that's tough but I think we're building something good here. I think that we're, you know, switching defensive scheme. I, I think our offense outside of the QB position, I'm actually really excited for you. You got in Ken Walker. You got an amazing receiving core. Your O-line looks to be set. I think that there's reason to be excited. And where... Coachy, final shot. Yeah, I would like to stay on that, that thing. And by saying that, I'd like to give a shout out to... Another one of our Seattle franchises that struggle in the Seattle Storm. Wait, they don't struggle. So anyways, I would like to give a shout out to the Seattle Storm because you know what? They're off to a good start. They got everybody back. They're going to be playing well. And it's just so refreshing to see a well-run franchise with good players, good coaching, good teammates, a good environment, and Later, we're probably going to have some clips. Michelle and I are going to be heading up to the Storm game to watch them take on the Liberty, and it should be fun. I just want to give a shout-out to it because that fan base, it's one of the best in women's basketball, but it's a really good uh, fan base, and it's a really fun time, and I encourage any of the listeners who've never checked out a Storm game and you love basketball, just go check out a Storm game. It's a ton of fun, and it's affordable. Garrick, go ahead and ping us with your final shot. All right, all right. His name came up earlier, and as we've been talking about the game and the love of the game, J-Rod, Julio Rodriguez for the Mariners. This rookie sensation is just, he's lighting it up, and he is really a light out there in terms of just showing, showing I, I think he's an example for professional athletes to watch in terms of just really loving the game, loving his fans, loving his team, and just enjoying the game. And I think it's what sports should be about rather than politics and all the other crap that gets layered in with it. And so, J-Rod, you've got my final shot today. Well, a super big shout out to my team here. Thank you for making sports part of your week. And thank you for being part of the show and spreading of the good news and a message of hope, because that's what we're all about here on My Michelle Live. We'll catch you next time. For more fun, go to MyMichelleLive.com.